Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Luke 16, verse 14. The Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I think that it's interesting that the Bible tells us that there are things that um, are highly esteemed among us as humans, but are an abomination in the sight of God. You remember last week when we were talking in Isaiah chapter 55 and we learned that His thoughts are not our thoughts and His ways are not our ways. That his uh, thoughts are in high, his ways are higher than our thoughts, and we talked about the paradoxes last Sunday. That something that you know would uh, be seemingly absurd, but yet in fact is true. And when you read this uh, context here, he is telling them in verse thirteen that you can't serve two masters; that you can't serve uh, God and money. And it's amazing how well we can justify ourselves and justify, you know, what we think and what we do. But the Bible tells us that God knows our hearts. And we can justify ourselves to others. We can justify ourselves to our spouse, to those that we attend church with. But it's ultimately God that we're going to give an account to. It's ultimately God that knows our hearts. And in Romans chapter 14 and verse 10, the Bible says this. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're all. All those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. One day we're going to give an account. It says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. As we 
Look at this message this morning. Um, he says that there's some things that uh, are highly esteemed, that we would put in high estimation, uh, that is an abomination to God, that there's, uh, each of us are going to give an account. So I thought today we would uh, do some estimating. And then we would do some accounting. And I think it's important to know that one day we're going to give an account. I think that's important to know. That one day we're going to give an account. And I think it's important to know that there are some things that just naturally we would put in high estimation. That we would give a high value to that God may not. I mean I think these are good things to know. I think it's important for us to uh, think about our value system, meaning what we put values on, what we, you know, all of us put values on people, places, things, our time, and, you know, from time to time, our value system can be off. Would you agree with that? That it can get, that it can get off. And we mentioned the other day that the that the Lord keeps score differently than we would just naturally. How we would naturally think. For instance, I've mentioned this verse several times in Matthew 16, 26. The Bible says, For what is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And there we see that God shows that, hey, a person's soul, an individual's soul is more valuable than all that could be gained in this world. One is eternal and one is temporal. And that's the difference. And so if our value system is off, it can lead uh, to a bad place. It can lead to some bad results. Would you agree with that? So in the building trade, if you're doing estimating and your, let's say, your lumber number or your concrete number or your labor number is off, it can lead you to a bad place. It's a bad estimate. Uh, you can get yourself into some trouble if your estimate gets off. It's true with all that. And, you know, we are doing estimating all the time in our lives. With our time, with our energy, with our future, with our affection, with our love, with our money. We're setting our... You know, we're putting values on it, saying that this isn't important right now, or this is important. That's the choices that we make as we go through. And so now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Again, we're going to do some estimating and some accounting. Deuteronomy 32. And I want to kind of get you into context here uh, in Deuteronomy. Is Moses is at the end of his life, right? And he knows it. And so I believe that um, he's taking account and he's made a good estimate. And he's using his days, uh, using them right. He's, um, you know, decided to uh, take and give some final warnings to the people. That's what the end of Deuteronomy here is. That he gives some instruction uh, to the people. Uh, some encouragement. Some exhortation. Um, he gives them some blessing. 
And uh, in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 1, he says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass, because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is he. I find it interesting that Moses says that his doctrine, his doctrine drops like rain, like, like uh, distills like the dew. Remember last week we talked about God's word uh, being like the rain and the snow that saturates and will not re- return void. Um, he here in this passage begins to worship God. This is a song about the Lord, a song to the Lord as he's worshiping, worshiping him. He says, hey, ascribe ye greatness to our God. Get your estimate right about God. He's the rock. That's what he's saying. Make sure you know who put, put in your mind God in his rightful place. He is truth. He is right. Right? He's the standard. Put Him first. This is what's important. He is without iniquity. He is just. He is right. He is perfect. Again, the most important thing probably about our estimating uh, and our value system is God in His rightful place. God, but seek ye first, the Bible says, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Remember, as we're doing some estimating and some accounting, uh, Moses starts talking to Israel here about their history um, that they can learn from, some mistakes that they made. And he says in verse uh, 13, he's talking about Israel, he made him to ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields and made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock and butter of kine and Milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the, uh, of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. But Jeshuron waxed fat and kicked. This is another name for Israel. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him. And lightly, look at this, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not unto God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful. Thou hast forgotten God that formed thee. Again, and you see that when he's mentioned this Jeshuron, he's talking about this is another name for Israel. You'll find that later in Deuteronomy and also in Isaiah where they're called that. But he said, hey, God made you Israel. 
God formed you. God blessed you. He made you to ride in high places. He made you to increase. He made you to eat the honey out of the rock and oil out of a flinty rock. In other words, he said, he blessed you in places that didn't seem possible. He did things for you that uh, no one else could do. He did the impossible in your life. He, he did so much for you, Israel. And, and, and he wants to bless you even more. He wants to bless you even more than that, is what he's saying. But when you increased, and when you became comfortable, when you got what, what we would call, what we would say, you got fat and happy, right? When you got comfortable, you, you started putting a smaller estimate on God. You lightly esteemed Him, right? He wasn't as, as important to you as when you, back when you thought you needed Him as much, right? Because of your, because of your blessings, you began to be dependent on your blessings instead of God. I think that this is something that is a message that needs to be preached to us in 2021. That in America, we have had some great blessings of God. But, but, but danger is out there if we put the estimate on the blessings instead of the blesser. We need God just as much now as they did during the Revolutionary War. We need God just as much now as we have at any time. We need God. And I'm thankful for all the blessings that we have, but our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in the military. Our hope is not in the economy. Our hope is not in the market. Our hope is not in the medical system. Again, thankful for all the blessings that we have, but that is not our hope. We better not forget who is our rock and who is our sustainer. And we always better in our hearts and in our minds and in the actions of our lives put God first. Because that's who we trust in. That's who we trust in. And just like Israel, we the church uh, have to make sure that God knows. And He knows our hearts. We can justify ourselves. Oh, I trust in God. But God knows if we're trusting in the medical system. God knows if we're trusting in the economy. God knows our hearts. We can, we can lie to each other and say, oh, my, you know, I don't care about that. I'm, you know, but then something happens in the market and everybody, no, we trust in God. We got to. We must. And keep going back and keep going back to that. Right? We have to remember this. And again, this isn't natural. I'm not saying that this is natural. This, this is something that we have to make a choice to set our affection on. We have to make a choice to say, no, no, this is what I've decided to trust in. Is my rock, my salvation, Jesus Christ. And, and if not, he can get jealous. God can get jealous. That's what the Bible says, that he's our rock, he's our salvation, he's our God. And he can be jealous, just like a, a loving, faithful husband would uh, if his wife were to betray him. That's what it's like. This is the relationship that God had with, uh, with Israel. And can I say that this is the relation that Christ has with the church. 
That he can get jealous over us with a godly jealousy. That's what, that's what um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11. He says, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You know what he said? Hey, uh, for the church, our trust should not be in the Lord or in the world. Or the Lord Jesus Christ will be jealous. Because He is our rock. And He is our salvation. And He is our hope. And as we're doing estimates in our life. And putting values on things. We've got to make sure God is first. That God is first. That that's who we trust in. And and it takes a little bit to just kind of self-examine our hearts. Because our hearts can fool us. We can think that we're trusting in God. But we're really trusting in money. We can think that we're trusting in God, but we're really trusting in, you know, the medical system or we're trusting in, you know, the infrastructure. Or we're trusting in a lot of things. We're trusting in other people. That's a mistake. You say, well, I trust in my spouse. Yeah, we've got to be faithful to our spouse, but ultimately we trust in God. Look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 12. Here in Israel's history, Eli is a, is a priest. And he is doing the service in the tabernacle uh, for the Lord. And he's a Levite, so he was called to this by God. And, and his sons were also then called as descendants to do this uh, work. And the offerings and the sacrifices and, and these things. And the Bible says about Eli's sons in 1 Samuel 2 and verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. And they knew not God. In other words, Eli's sons were wicked. They didn't know God. Isn't it interesting that they didn't know God, but yet they were serving, supposedly serving God in the tabernacle, doing the work of the offering and work of the sacrifices and doing all these things, but they didn't know God. And if you continue to read that whole context... They were doing wicked things that were an abomination before God. And because of that, the Bible says in verse 17, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. In other words, because of the way that these boys were living in the tabernacle and in the service of God, that people didn't even want to go. That people didn't even want to do what God had called them to do. They abhorred it because of the wickedness that they were doing with it. And so they were turning the people away from God. Verse 27. And the Bible says, And there came a man of God to Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear into the house of thy father when they were in Egypt and Pharaoh's house and did... I choose him out of the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me. And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? In other words, he said, hey, I called you and your family and this tribe out for a special service. Don't take it lightly what God's called us to do. Don't take it lightly what what I commissioned you for, Eli. Verse 29, Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and 
My offering, which I have commanded in my habitation. Look at this. And honors thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that my house and the house of thy father should walk after me forever. And now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For thou, for them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You know, when you read this, Eli seemed like a pretty good person. And Eli would say right there to this, to this whole thing is, I don't despise you, God. I just honor my sons more than you. And God said, you despise me. He said, I want to be first. This is, this is where you say, whoa, God before everything, before everybody. Yes. He said, I'll honor you. If you'll honor me, but if you honor your sons more than you honor me, then you despise me, Eli. That's harsh, isn't it? I mean, again, I'm saying his thoughts are not our thoughts. And his ways are not our ways. You know what? This was a bad estimate for Eli. You know who who it was bad for? It was bad for him. It was bad for his sons. It was bad for the people. It was bad for everybody. You know what the Lord wanted? He wanted him to honor him. He said, Eli, I want you to honor me, to put me first. The Bible says honor in Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the firstfruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You know, sometimes we can say, oh, I honor the Lord with my heart, but all the substance I have is mine. God says, no, you don't. No, you don't. You honor me first, before anything else, before anybody else. As we're doing some estimates in our lives, you know what we have to see? Is there anything, anybody before God in our lives? God wants to be first. God wants to be first in our lives. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. As we're doing some estimating and some accounting, because we know that we're going to give an account. It's good to look at this in Moses' life, and we've used this passage here several times recently, so you may be familiar with it, but Hebrews 11 and verse... 24, the Bible says this, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, 
not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. As Moses did his estimate of his life, how did he do it? How did he make up? How did he uh, do his estimate? By faith. By faith. Again, faith is not how uh, we, you know, how it makes us feel, but what it makes us do many times. It causes us to action. It causes us to move. The Bible says that by faith he refused some things, that he denied some things. Choosing Moses was willing to choose to identify with God's suffering people over the ruling class, over the riches of Egypt. He was willing to identify himself with the Jewish slaves instead of the prince of Egypt. That's, that's the estimate that he made, that this one is better than that one. How did he do that? By faith. He said that he was willing for the, for the reproach. He was willing for the reproach of Christ. Do you know what I think about uh, uh, the, the reproach of Christ? Christ was willing to be a reproach for us. The Bible says about that in Isaiah 53. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it as it, as it were our face from him. He is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation for us. He died on the cross that we might be saved, that we might be redeemed, that we might be justified. And I think that it's amazing that Moses, a prince of Egypt, would identify himself with the slaves of Egypt. But I also think that it's amazing that the creator of this world, Jesus Christ, would identify himself with us. That's a greater, there's a greater distance between the prince of Egypt identifying with the slaves of Egypt and the creator of this world identifying with us, the creatures, the created. That Christ would identify with us. You know, this is typically the opposite way in Hollywood where the the happily ever after movies are that the, that the slave baby, the afflicted person, becomes the prince, right? That's usually the happily ever after the thing. But, but you know what's different? Is here, the prince becomes the slave. In the case of Moses, and in the case of Jesus Christ. That the prince, that the creator, became a servant. Why? That he might save us. That he would identify himself with us. Look at verse 16. You're in Hebrews 11. It says, But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. If you really think about God and and who he is and his majesty, you would assume that he would be ashamed to be called our God. But he's not. He loves us. He's willing to be identified with us. As he said in the Old Testament, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now in the New Testament, Christ says that he is the Savior of the body, the church. That he is the bridegroom of the church. He identifies with us. This is amazing. That he loves us like that. 
He says that he is Christ over the church, that he is uh, uh, the, house, the house of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth, that Christ would identify himself with us like that is amazing. But the Bible tells us that Moses took an estimate. He did an estimate, and, he, and by faith he refused. By faith he made a choice. By faith he forsook. And you know what? We have the benefit of seeing how it ended for Moses. And would you agree that he made a good estimate? That he made the right choice? That his reward was great and his reward was God. I think it's interesting that he and Abraham and all those of faith uh, came up with the same conclusion. And that is found in, in verse 19 of Hebrews 11. According that God was able. You know what? You know what? God is able. God is able. That's the part that you got to not forget is that, you know, you're thinking, oh, I don't know what's going to go on here in this. Uh, God is able. Whenever you're doing your estimate, just remember that God is able. In your life, in your situation, in your problem, in all that you face, God is able. Moses made the right choice. Abraham, Sarah, they made the right choice. Young people, older people, all of us have to make a choice. We have to make a choice of what we're going to do with our lives and how we're going to spend them and and who we're going to place as God and Lord of our life. You say, well, what do you mean? A lot of of us have put self there. No, put God there as Lord of our life. I think of Job in the book of Job, chapter 23 and verse 12. The Bible says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Isn't that interesting? Job said, In my estimate, whether it's my daily bread in the sense of what I need to sustain life, my necessary food, or God's Word. God's Word is more valuable. Isn't that amazing? God's Word. I'm, I'm just trying to get us to think and do it, a, 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 a look at our own hearts and lives. Is God's Word that valuable to us? Do we put that high of an estimate on God's Word? What a blessing that we have it, but do we use it? Do we allow it to affect our hearts and lives. You know what we find at the end? That Job made a good estimate. That he put a, putting his, the value on God's word was a right choice. Was a right decision. The psalmist said this in Psalms 119 verse 128. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts according all things to be right. And I hate every false way. He said I, I esteem your word, your precepts. To be right. To be true. You know, we're trying to figure out what's right, what's wrong, what's truth, what's lie. And there's a lot of it out there. You know what we should put as our estimate? God's word is true. God's word is right. This is the standard of whether it's right or wrong. This is the standard of whether it's true or not. This is helpful as we're making our uh, decisions in our life and putting our estimate together. That God's word is true and right all the time. Not only as we do the estimate in our life that God first and God's word in our life, 
But there's some other things that the Word of God tells us that we should uh, put high in our estimate. And that is in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. The Bible says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Do you know what I think? That uh, if we're not careful, this world and entertainment and all the bells and whistles and flashing lights that are out there, you know what it can do? It can make church feel like it's not that important. You could be like, you know what, it's, it's just church. It's just, it's just another gathering. It's just another get-together. It's just another... And you know what? That would be wrong estimate. That would be the wrong estimate. That we should esteem one another. You know what I would say? That we should be careful not to take each other in the body of Christ for granted. That what we have together that we can fellowship... You know, well, we could recognize that there's different pieces and parts to the body... And then if you're not here, you're missing. That we're missing out if you're not with us and you're not a part of us. If we're not fellowshipping together and being able to sharpen each other and help each other because you supply something to the body that I can't. You know what we would put on our estimate? That every piece and part of the body is really important. And the church of the living God is very important. We put it in a high estimate. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. He's talking about those that would serve in the church and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. You know what we ought to do? We ought to esteem the church and, and those that serve us and those that teach and preach and those that help and in the body of Christ. You say, you know what it is? It's a great, a great value. It's of great value that God would uh, give us uh, different pieces and parts of the body that would help us and help us to grow. Moses said this, kind of circling back to uh, Moses as we were talking about him at the at the, at the end of his life, he says this in Psalms 90 and verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Moses, at the end of his life, he, he did. He, he numbered his days. He realized it was getting to the end and he took, uh, he took stock of that and said, I'm going to use it for, what I, for the good uh, with the days that I have left. And you know what Moses is telling us through the word of God? Uh, We only have so many days. So number them. And apply your hearts into wisdom. Take an estimate of your days and say, I want my life to count for the glory of God. Not as a prince of Egypt. Not as, you know, gathering up substance on this earth just to pass it on. But I want it to count for something eternal. I want each day, and, and he says, number your days, like each day matters. Each day, thinking about each day of how we can honor God. I believe that we're going to give an account. We talked about giving an account. I think we're going to give an account for each day. The Bible says about our days in, in Romans 14 and verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. 
He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. For none of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Or whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. You know what's important here? Not exactly uh, how you regard the day in the sense of what you do with it, but that you do it as unto the Lord. That you, that you regard it as unto God. That we get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and to be glad in it. To be able to get up in the morning and say, God, and I'm, 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 I'm asking us, this, a takeaway from this, of being able to get up tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and say, Lord, I'm regarding this day. I'm giving this day. I'm asking you to take this day and lead me and guide me. This is the stuff I'm going to do with it. This is the direction I'm going to go with it. But God, uh, I want you to use this day for your honor and glory in my life, to lead me, to guide me, to direct me. This is important to do, to give God your day. Not just, not just one day a week, but give Him our lives and do it day by day. Day by day as to the Lord. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Trusted Christ for salvation? If not, He will save you. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you new life. He'll give you a new heart. You can trust Him today and know that you have eternal life. And then for us that have received the Lord as our Savior, we can live for Him by faith. Put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And you know what? He'll, like I said, He'll save us. He'll give us His imputed righteousness. The Bible says in Galatians 3 and verse 6, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know what? I like that kind of accounting. Is that where God's, God accounts His righteousness to me. In other words, it's not according to my account whether I'm right with God or not. It's Jesus Christ's righteousness imputed to my account. That's good accounting. I'm thankful for that. You say, how do you get that? By faith. By faith. Each of us, whether we decide to or not, we're doing some estimating in our lives. We're putting values on things, whether we know it or not, or whether we are intentional or not, we really are with our time, with our energy, with our love. It's good to know that we can uh, take an estimate and, and put some values on things according to God's Word, knowing that one day we're going to give an account to God. That what we may just naturally in our human uh, minds put in high esteem that might not be what God esteems high. Put God first. Esteem our Creator, God, first in our lives. The rock that sustains us. Our salvation. Before everything. Before this world. Before worldly goods. Before anybody or anything. Put God first. Esteem others in the body of Christ highly. Our church, for each other to try to help and encourage and be thankful and, 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 and to be a blessing to. Knowing God is able. By faith, God is able. 
as we put our faith and trust in Him, He can do anything in our lives. And He will. Putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ on the cross. God, who has imputed His righteousness to us. That's, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. So now, because He saved us, because He gave His life for us, you know what He's asked? That we give our lives to Him. That we give our lives to Him. And this is the, this is the best thing. This is, you know, this isn't, we're not giving up anything. We gain by this. And so maybe the Lord's spoken to your hearts. Maybe there's some things where the Holy Spirit says, hey, I've been fooling myself in this area. I've been lying to myself saying that God's first, but actually I'm trusting in this or I'm trusting in that. God, I want to trust in you. Maybe we can start to say, God, I know I'm going to give an account for the days that you've given me. And so, Lord, I want to live each day on purpose uh, with you first, you guiding me and you leading me. Contact us page on our website or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.